0: Hi everyone. It's January 29th and welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. What a crazy week it's been in Alberta politics. For real. No really. For real. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. It's January 29th, 2023. We're starting off with a little bit of fun. For those of you that uh, tagged in right at the get-go, you might have noticed we had a little bit of a, a new introduction that we're playing with tonight. Might seem a little strange, but the reason why we did that is because it has been quite literally a bit of an unreal week in Alberta politics. And the reason why it starts off on this, this fun little note is because earlier this week for reasons that let's go with justify pretty much all of the things, the Alberta party who have been struggling with their, their getting their message out there, decided to go ahead and try something new. Here's, here's what the Alberta party did this week. Alberta need a third political party. It depends on whether or not you're happy with your current choices. If the UCP or NDP is the party for you, that's just fine. It's time to support building the Alberta party so you have another choice. Now, there's a lot to unpack there. And the jokes pretty much write themselves. But for anybody who, who's, who's not certain, let me be clear. That is an uh, AI program. So that's a a program that you can get through a company. Um, the, The company is called Synthesia. I believe it's pronounced. And you just type in your little script for them. And you can choose, if you decide to pay for it, you can choose to have that AI avatar. You can set the background. The AR avatar will say whatever you want to say. However stilted or unreal it might look. Didn't take long after the Alberta Party posted before... Longtime Alberta politics commentator Dave Cornier uh, weighed in and said, Not sure where to file this, but the Alberta Party posted a video endorsement from an AI on Instagram yesterday and then removed it after the commentators pointed out it wasn't a real person. To which the Alberta party then replied, well, Dave, you're right. We did remove it, but not because we were trying to hide anything. We tried something new and it turned out to be bad. So we decided to reshoot it with real party members behind the message. When you make a mistake, you uh, try and make it better. So props to the Alberta party for, for, for taking it on the chin. But before they did, there was a little bit of a, a little bit of a heated, heated back and forth that that went on there. I mean, there's a, there is a fundamental question to be asked. Why? Um, anyone would watch that video and go, this seems like a good idea. Um, especially when the Alberta Party does have a couple candidates that are uh, nominated. They, they do have a leader who does make videos fairly fairly regularly. But instead, they decided to get into a fight with uh, Dave Cornier on the Twitter machine. But what we don't think either party's realized is that uh, there was video footage of, as well of that, that epic battle between Dave and the Alberta Party's AI, we were able to obtain it.
1: Still got the greatest enthusiasm and confidence in the mission. And I want to help you. Dave. Stop. see
0: sure we're gonna get flagged for copyrighted on that but it was too good to pass up um it'll be interesting to see we looked for the reshoot of the video we haven't seen it yet so uh hopefully when they do they'll have a, a real live person uh shoot the video and then we'll be able to say some more things moving on from there there were some other things that also happened this week biggest one perhaps um tyler shandro the start of the week, he had his hearings with the law society for anybody who's been paying attention for any length of time. You know that there were three things that Tyler Shandro got hauled in front of the law society for one of them was calling out the doctor in his driveway. One of them was uh, obtaining a physician's phone number through pathways that even AHS has said were not appropriate. Um, And another was uh, sending an email in a response to an email that has been sent to his wife's company, he sent it from his, his work account as the minister of health and said to the person, uh, maybe I'm going to stick the the legislative security on you. If you, if you don't stop and leave me alone, all of this came about because Mr. Shandra was in the process of privatizing and cutting back healthcare coverage at the same time as his wife owns a company that, uh, provides healthcare services. So there were some people who had some questions, um, the Law Society hearing was uh, it was a bizarre little affair uh, because it seemed like most of the time, uh, certainly on the first date, was spent with uh, Tyler Shander's lawyer arguing with the physician who had Tyler Shander show up in his driveway. Uh, and the, the point of contention was, what did he cry? Which is a little bit bizarre. We talked about it on the last episode. But things got a little bit more problematic. Because during the testimony that was going on, one of the things that happened was there's a little bit of a, a complicating legal factor thrown into the mix. And it turns out that because of that complicating legal factor, as well as a few other things, things went longer than they expected. The hearings have now been delayed for a date that hasn't been set yet. This is the second delay that we've seen with these hearings at least we got the hearing started this time so that's a step in the right direction but when it comes to what the problem was one of the big problems was is it turns out as mr shandro was answering questions he answered a question where he provided in public testimony so this was broadcast to anybody who had signed into the Zoom meeting It was broadcast in front of a room full of reporters as well. Virtual room full of reporters. because a lot of reporters were live tweeting it. Um, He disclosed some private health information, potentially, uh, allegedly. In regards to one of the witnesses. So one of the witnesses was speaking to her previous relationship with Tyler Shandro uh, in, in regards to professional things. And in the course of that conversation, in the course of that testimony, Mr. Shandro said something. Now, we weren't watching the hearings, and from what we saw, all of the reporters did an amazing job of not repeating it, but it was actually one of the reporters who's been heavily involved in some of the biggest stories uh, regarding the UCP government, Charles Russell, who caught it. Now, he caught a couple other things during the course of the testimony as well, because when the physician was uh, speaking about his encounter with Mr. Shander on the driveway, the lawyer misrepresented how the physician got in touch with Mr. Russell, who wrote the story in the first place. Um, The lawyer tried to make it sound like the the physician went out of his way to look for it. And Mr. Russell is very, very clear. I had to talk the guy into it. It was like a four. 30 minute conversation. And I had to emphasize how important it was that people were aware of what was actually going on. That's why he came forward. And it was only because they got a tip from somebody who heard the story. The physician wasn't looking for this. I had to talk him into it. So Mr. Russell has been doing an excellent job of covering the overarching narrative of this story. And he was the one who caught that this uh, was accidentally, um, was was released and he wrote a story on the tie in it now as we said again because of that and because there were a couple people who didn't get to testify because things went so long there's some rulings that the the board of the law society need to make in order to figure out how to proceed because it's turned into an absolute dumpster fire so it's great big stay tuned in the meantime tyler shandro remains the justice minister of alberta who has this hearing hanging over him for legal stuffs. Moving on from there. Province made some announcements about insurance. So the province said, hey, you know what? Insurance, it's got crazy expensive. It's no good. People, people shouldn't be paying this much for insurance. Something should be done. And so they announced that they were not going to approve any new rate increases for insurance companies. They did say, you know what, though? We did approve some other ones. So some of y'all might still see your insurance rates going up, but we're not approving anymore. So things should hopefully get under control any day now. But there's some really important context that needs to be set here. So one of the pieces of context is, it's entirely the UCP's fault that the insurance rates went up. When the NDP were in power, they put in a rule saying insurance rates could only go up by a set amount for a set period. When the UCP got into power, they let that set period expire and they basically removed the caps, which meant insurance companies could then go to the government and say, hey, we'd like to increase Timmy's insurance by 300%. That's cool, Right. And depending on the circumstances, the government said, yeah, you know what? That's that's totally fine. You go ahead and uh, improve it. And this has led to Alberta having the highest rates for auto insurance in the entire country. There was an Ernst and Young report that was done back in October that took a look at a variety of different situations to see, well, you know, comparatively how bad. Would the insurance rates be when you take a look at insurance across the provinces? And they're actually really bad. So, according to the Ernst and Young report, an eighteen-year-old man with a novice license and a 2012 Honda Civic LX would pay in BC twenty-five hundred, in Saskatchewan eleven hundred, in Ontario five thousand one hundred, Nova Scotia forty-eight hundred, Alberta fifty-nine hundred. A thirty-year-old woman with fourteen years driving experience, a recent that fall crash, and an F three fifty. And most of the other provinces, she's paying between two and 3000 In Alberta, $4,800. A 40 year old woman with 24 years driving experience and a 2017 Ford Escape special edition would pay almost $2,000. The next closest province would be Ontario with $1,500. And they had a whole list of examples that they ran through. And in every single one, the person who's living in Alberta is paying more. And it's really important to highlight the fact that that's precisely because the UCP set up the system so that companies could charge more. Period. That's the ballgame. One of the other stories that came out in the unending... What's going on with the prosecutor service question had to do with the specifics of the search. Now, it's really important to highlight that the search that the the Daniel Smith initiated. We'll do a quick little recap for anybody here who hasn't been following. I suspect most of you have. So if I am boring you, I apologize. But quick little recap. Accusations have been made against the Smith government according to cbc who's using confidential sources not anonymous sources and that's a di- this is an important difference there cbc knows who they are they've seen all that they've talked to the people they've identified who they are they're confident in their sources it's not like it's just an envelope slipped under the door according to these sources daniel smith's office has repeatedly pressured multiple Departments into uh, making changes in regards to prosecutions that had to do with health matters and particularly around the coots border crossing. Um, now, CBC has said, hey, we've got these people. We're protecting them because they don't want to lose their jobs and stuff. Daniel Smith has come back and said, it's totally unsubstantiated. There's no evidence of anything. CBC came back and said, well, we've got this letter from Ezra Levant that says that you guys met and talked about exactly this. And Ezra told you, you could do these things. And Ezra said, yep, I wrote that letter. So things are getting substantiated, but Smith has maintained that there's absolutely nothing to the allegations that exist in these two now CBC stories. Um, in order to prove her innocence, Daniel Smith announced that, a weekend ago that a massive, massive search of government emails was going to take place. They're going to rule out that there was any communication between a government email account and another government email account. Now, the terms of the search were very vague. We still don't know how it was searched. We don't know what the search terms were. They've been very quiet about that. We also know for a fact that the UCP government has a tendency of using alternative records management, let's say. So they use all kinds of different ways to communicate with different people that aren't government emails because government emails are foipable. And as you might remember a couple of years ago, even from the, the, the bit that we did on the mask procurement, when they're talking within those channels, they can get themselves into trouble. Well, uh, they didn't look at any of those alternative channels. They only looked at government emails to government emails. And shockingly, they didn't find anything well as we get more distance from the date of the search one of the things that we've learned is that that the deleted emails might be a little bit more tricky so initially it was reported that deleted emails only stay in the system for 30 days so what that meant was deleted emails could potentially you'd only be able to go back to december 22nd Anything that was deleted before then, you wouldn't be able to see, given that all of this stuff allegedly happened in October. Anything that was deleted, poof, gone. Well, there was a, uh, an article that came out from the Star where they said, well, actually, you know, what, we talked to some IT guys and uh, some other sources. And they said, hey, you know what? It, it's actually close. To, it's 60. Could be 60. It's also been reported that it could be as high as 90. So we don't know what's going on with the search and the Smith government continues to be incredibly not transparent about how the search was done, what was included, what wasn't included, what deleted stuff was covered, what deleted stuff wasn't covered. There hasn't been any communication about any of those things, which doesn't go a long way to, let's say, building confidence in the quality of the search. (coughs) Excuse me. And when we top all of this up with the fact that, CBC has been able to produce and continues to produce documentation that says, well, you know what? Some of the things that we said, yeah, we actually can back them up. And the fact that Ezra Levant from the Rebel News was quick to save his reputation and publish the email before CBC published the email and put the email up for everybody to see. And you can see that the Rebel commander, who's a journalist, not a practicing lawyer, met with Marshall Smith and Daniel Smith and apparently offered them some version of legal advice. Um, it, just, it just leaves more questions than, than anything else. We're going to talk a little bit more about some other Daniel Smith stuff in a little bit. But before we do, I want to draw your attention to an incredibly powerful column that was written by an Edmonton ER doctor. The Edmonton ER doctor is named Dr. Shazma Mithani. I apologize if I'm not getting the pronunciation right. But she has been a fairly public uh, voice for healthcare throughout the pandemic. And she penned this article and she talks about what she and many other healthcare workers are seeing inside of the healthcare system and its burnout and its exhaustion and its fatigue and its disappointment. And it all comes from the fact that healthcare is exist or is experiencing system-wide system failure. One of the things that she highlights as a narrative in the article is the fact that people say, Well, you signed up for this. And the reality is, overwhelmingly, healthcare workers did not sign up to be inside of a system that wasn't only not going to support them appropriately, but not support patients appropriately. And that creates a huge amount of moral injury and it makes it very, very hard for healthcare workers, not only to keep themselves healthy, but to stay inside of the healthcare system. Now, one of the things that Dr. Matheny argues for is we need more in healthcare in Alberta. We need more than just, Band aids. We need more than just window dressing. We need actual system change. We need conversations about system change. If you're somebody who cares about healthcare workers, if you're somebody who cares about healthcare, if you have somebody who accesses the healthcare system, or if you think that it, you might at some point access the healthcare system yourself, spoiler alert, you will. The article's titled, Doctors Face Significant Rates of Burnout If Our System Is Not Fixed Soon. It's by Dr. Shazma Mathani, and it is a powerful, powerful read. Only takes a couple minutes, but it's an inside look inside of the healthcare system, and it's absolutely worth taking the time to take a look at. Moving on from there. Danielle Smith. We're told she's allegedly on vacation right now, but... uh, before she went a vacation she had to uh, she had some thoughts that she wanted to share with the uh, the Prime Minister. Anybody who's been paying attention knows that Daniel Smith has been getting as much mileage out of the just transition. I try to say it like her now um, as she possibly can so she's been talking about how it's going to eliminate two point seven million jobs that's not true again for the cheap seats that's the number of people who work in the sectors that are conceivably going to be impacted by the global transition to a greener low carbon economy there's 2.7 million Canadians who work in those sectors doesn't mean there's 2.7 million jobs that are going to get eliminated period but Daniel Smith has been doing a great job getting all of our MLAs to do little videos talking about hey you know what it's going to be the worst thing ever this just transition it's gonna gonna destroy everything justin trudeau wants to destroy our energy industry that's all he's interested in doing we will fight back we will not give any ground all of those things well she sent the prime minister a letter and in that letter she said a couple of things she had some demands and those demands were uh she had some objectives she wanted to reach. So she wants to substantially decrease Canada's and Alberta's net emissions. She wants to accelerate private and public investment in projects and infrastructure that will utilize and develop carbon capture, utilization and storage. A bunch of other things. Uh, attracting a growing larger skilled workforce to fill positions in the conventional energy sector. As well as emerging industries using the technology cited above Which is a weird thing because one of the things that we've heard from industry and we've seen in multiple industry reports is as automation and efficiency takes a greater foothold in those uh, conventional energy sectors, there's going to be less jobs available. Uh, And significantly through the lens of global emissions reduction, uh, increasing the exports of liquid natural gas and other responsibly developed conventional oil and natural gas resources. Then we get to the demands. We have to drop the verbiage of Just Transition, and accordingly rename the Just Transition Act to the Sustainable Jobs Act. So Danielle Smith, as the Premier of Alberta, is now trying to dictate to the Prime Minister what the act should be named. Because she likes changing the names of acts after they've been committed to Alberta Sovereignty Act. What? Vow that all provisions of any forthcoming legislation will be designed to incentivize investment and job growth in both the conventional energy sector as well as in the emerging industries. Lists them off again. That's what the Just Transition... Peace is all about protecting jobs, moving people into jobs that will be sustainable. Demonstrate that no provision of the act will be designed to phase out or reduce Alberta's conventional oil and gas natural sector, natural gas sector workforce. Here's the thing. They've said that. And if you just waited for the legislation to come out, the first copy of the bill, then you'd know for sure. But instead, Daniel Smith decided to politicize the thing. And it hasn't even been produced in the House of Commons or in Parliament yet. It hasn't been presented yet. Nobody knows what the text is yet. But Danielle Smith has decided what she thinks the text is going to be about, despite what the federal government has said to the contrary. Commit your government to actually actively partnering with Alberta to expand liquid natural gas exports to Asia and Europe as part of our nation's overall emissions reduction strategy and promise, pinky swear... That you and your government will work with Alberta in partnership to set reasonable and meaningful emissions reductions targets and not unilaterally impose such targets on Alberta's energy, agriculture, and other industrial sectors on a go forward basis. Trying to apparently open up the door to relitigate the carbon tax, which has been ruled on by the Supreme Court. So there's that. One other thing that we wanted to talk about and then we're going to open it up to the floor hopefully sarah biggs is going to be joining us once again um and the thing that we got to talk about we got some heat on the twitter machine over this little little piece right here there's some people that were uh, a little bit bothered by it new poll by Main street research came out and it raised some interesting things now yes we know we should take up Main Street's poll results with Mayor Bill Smith. We've made that joke too. But there are some things that are in the poll that are interesting and that are worth potentially talking about. It's a small sample size for sure. But one of the questions is, if a provincial election were held today, how would you vote? So this is basically a prop, a popular vote equation. And what the popular vote of this poll says is that 43% of Albertans would vote for Danielle Smith. 39% would vote for uh, the NDP, 6% would vote for the Alberta party. And then we get into some smaller numbers, but it's the demographics that are particularly interesting because when we start to look at how the, who's, who lands where with the UCP and NDP, the UCP supporters, largely men, the education level of UCP supporters, largely lower. Now, there's a lot of people who take a look. We got, we got some comments on that where people are like, ah oh, you're being classist. And if this were an outlier, if this were the only poll that has historically said, you know what? People who tend to be more socially conservative tend to have, not as an absolute, lower education levels. Nobody's saying that that quantifies with intelligence or skill or value as human beings. We're certainly not saying that. But there is a correlation between education level and how much one prioritizes social conservatism and fiscal conservatism over social progress, social compassion, those sorts of things. One of the other questions that came up that was quite interesting was uh, for all voters. So the first one was decided voters. The second one is for all voters. Uh, If a provincial election were held today, how would you vote for all voters? Forty one percent said ucp 37 percent said ndp but the the big part is there's 11 that are undecided and that's going to be even if that's not accurate within a couple of points it is consistent with quite a few polls that have been coming out recently one of the things that we've seen across the province is the ndp's numbers have slowly been taken down and the ucp numbers have slowly been taken up and this is before we're still like two days away from the danny box And as people start to receive that, especially given who the typical UCP supporters are, according to those demographics and other demographics in the polls, we're talking about rural voters, we're talking about older voters, we're talking about more affluent voters. It's going to be very interesting to see what the polling numbers come out after that point, because we're very likely going to see some fascinating changes going on there. As always, we want to go ahead and open up the floor to anybody who has any comments on the Twitter spaces because we established we've got proof of concept on being able to get, get people to talk in. If uh, if you think that uh, you've got some comments that you might want to share over there, not just in the comments, I see or the comments in the chat are already uh, on fire uh, while we wait for Sarah Biggs to get here. I'm going to try to go through some of these. Um, but uh, I also want to say that uh we 've got uh, we 've got some stuff coming up here pretty quick um, we 've been talking about a piece that we 've been working on for a while um, and that piece has to do with a certain right wing media outlet that has grown exponentially over the last three four years kind of started up. Depending on which version of history you want to choose, in 2015 or 2017, there's a little bit of fluidity going on there. Um, well, we're just about done. We're going to be dropping it for our Patreon sponsors on Wednesday, and it's a it's a deep dive on this particular media organization, but it's one that we had. A lot of fun with, because, as we went through it, it turns out there was a uh, a lot of fun to be had because as we worked our way through the history of this media organization, we discovered <laughs> that that there were some twists and turns that were absolutely just ridiculous, so we had a little bit of fun with it uh we we've done our first field piece that we've done in uh a couple of years really um and uh that was also a boatload of fun um, It's going to be dropping publicly on Friday And it's, uh, it's probably going to get some, some, folks, some folks talking So look out for that In the meantime, looks like we've got us Sarah Big, Sarah, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm fantastic, thank you for asking You've got the microphone out
1: Is the sound better?
0: It is much better But I'll leave it to the comments to, to really put that verdict in <laughs>
1: Sorry, I um, when he sent me ETA question mark, I was fighting for this to sit so in. Anyways, long story. Okay, cool. Well, How you, are yeah,
0: you? I'm fantastic. I got some questions that I want to do ask you. It. I me sure too. do. Me um, too. so first question is, let's talk about the the Shandy hearings. Mm. So we talked a bit about it on Wednesday because things hadn't turned into the complete dumpster fire that they turned into on Thursday day but Tyler Shandro disclosed some information some private information that he wasn't supposed to disclose whilst on the stand um, there's some debate as to here's my thing like I'm not a, a legal beagle or anything like that uh, by no means am I a, a legal expert nor do I pretend to be, to me neither. be um, but it struck me as kind of odd that it wasn't on cross examination that Mr. Shandro had his, his oopsie It was his own lawyer who was asking the questions that he oopsied on. So we have a lawyer asking the questions. We have a lawyer answering the questions. And somehow still, we were able to disclose um, information that we shouldn't have at a hearing about obtaining information that we shouldn't have. The hearings have been suspended from a from a like, here's here's my I guess here's what my question is. We have a minister of health who has uh, allegations against him, Yeah. the facts of which largely are agreed upon, except for whether or not he cried. Uh, And we see in this case, this hearing, he does apparently exactly the thing that he's been accused of. Why is he still justice minister?
1: They don't have anyone else.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's probably right.
1: Well, no, you would have Minister Savage, but you know she's busy with her files, and maybe she didn't want it to. I can understand why somebody
0: wouldn't want to tap in, given
1: the history I, of Justice I, I, ministers
0: I, with the government.
1: I, I would not want to be Justice Minister from Daniel Smith government, but that's just my personal opinion. Not that's my. That's like the worst opinion. game of hot potato. Um, I maybe he's doing a fine job in the background who knows he he seemed to be very emotional during his hearing and you know it's, it's always difficult for everyone when you're being interrogated and you're being questioned everybody's like oh i'm emotional um i don't know why he's still justice minister like it's strike three now
0: it's zaid points out that uh there is at least one other lawyer on the bench for the UCP. No, you won't do it. Which one? Brian G. No, no. S Club
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, God help Brian- us all.
1: <laughs> He's young. He's very young. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. There. There's a few, but I, I, honestly, AG right now is like one of the worst jobs dealing and also depends in which camp you're sitting so here's the issue she needs somebody that will agree to her wanting the wanted to do the things she wants to do because a lot of mlas i'm not saying who was for the alberta sovereignty act you know was on board for oh yeah let's look into you know Pardoning a whole bunch of people, good Archer here, you know, poor loads of
0: ambassador tourists.
1: Um, You know, I don't think, and there's a lot of people that was willing on taking on the hat. And it, it's just for a matter of continuity and consistency. Now. But isn't
0: there like, isn't one of Smith's fundamental problems in regards to filling the role of justice minister and in particular, because it's not Justice Minister, I don't believe has to be a lawyer. Attorney General does. I could be yeah. wrong about that. Um, but to to have an Attorney General, you can't really have a, I don't know what's the word, competent lawyer who's going to be able to agree with the things that Smith wants to do because...
1: Competent be, or incompetent doesn't matter. It's all a matter of personal ideology in there, Right. It's the COVID vendetta. It's if you're worried that your seed's at risk, it's you want to make sure you still have a job in the Smith cabinet. It's a whole bunch of things. Did you have files that, you know, were being continued? Did we do not know what happened? Those discussions the day following Smith's victory between all of um, the ministers and the MLEs and what happened in the background. I can have a good idea of what happened in the background, but you know, as much as I would like to say this is why he's still there, it's extremely difficult because there's a lot of things that we're not aware of or that we really don't want to hear about in the background.
0: One of the things that I found interesting is that in the yeah. CBC stories, they've been very clear that Shanro and co they were the ones pumping the brakes. They, yeah. they, 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 they've I mean, so as much as it's fun to make fun of Chandra and it's a lot of fun to make fun of Chandra, I, I go back to the, the the many music videos and, and the rap song uh, that, that came out in the early days of the, the Chandra health right. minister um, debacle. Um, so it's, he, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty low hanging fruit, but the reality is, is all indications are, it seems like one of the possible timelines is Smith met with whoever she met with including and not limited to Ezra Levant yeah. who gave her maybe legal advice.
1: Oh, and I checked on his uh, lobbying status. I, I digged into it. I, I Is he a lobbyist? So no. So basically to meet the lobbying threshold, you're going to do like a hundred hours. So there's different thresholds and he's not meeting the criteria for lobbyists.
0: Fair enough. But one of the other things is the the piece that I think is important with the the Levant thing is a lot of journalists have come up and said meeting with the premier to offer policy advice as a journalist is like so far across the line it's ridiculous. Yeah, but um, he doesn't know any
1: better. The guy got barred from practicing on Alberta. Like that and I'm and I don't want fairness- to be here.
0: Mr. Levan has said on uh, in court that what he yeah. practices isn't journalism, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, so is mean, our he's, got
1: some,
0: he's got some wiggle room there, I guess. Two entertainers
1: what... meeting. That's
0: great. <laughs> no big deal. You Two know. entertainers walk into the legislature no, and the problem is, the it's it, is engulfed in flames.
1: But you know what, Chandra? also, um, you got to think that there's an interpretation of risk and obligation to the professional society as well. There was a lot behind it. Like, it's really, really, really heavy. We can do, like, really kind of superficial commentary, but I'm sure that there's... could I say? There's probably some files that needed some continuity that he was working on. That's number one. That's one of my assumptions. And I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just saying... Two, he was one of the very few... I would assume that, you know, and that's my personal judgment too, that would accept to work on the premier's agenda. It's not a matter of being a good lawyer or a bad lawyer. It's a matter if you're going to do it or not.
0: But it almost seems like Shandra was trying to walk the tightrope of, okay, so I want to play nice with the new premier because I, I like the the things and the stuff, but, Whoa, 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 whoa. We can't go that far. And I mean, it's fascinating to me that the window seems to have shifted far enough that Shandro, who is currently got pending hearings, we can say that again, with the Law Society for showing up in a... Right, a, 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 for is,
1: on this premiere, yeah.
0: He's the good guy. He's the voice of reason. Like,
1: well... We'll give her a sticker for that. Let's just be thankful that there was someone in that seat that was willing to push against to push back against her. That's how I'm gonna put it. Can you imagine Not-
0: if Madhu hadn't gotten that parking ticket? How no, screwed would we be? No,
1: no, no, no no, 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 I don't know. No, no. <laughs> Hi, Minister Madhu. <laughs> he knows. Hi, Minister. Um
0: if, if he hadn't gotten busted trying to trying to uh what was it? Uh, mess with the administration interfere in the administration of justice which was the finding by the way if he hadn't been found in that he would still be theoretically danielle smith's justice minister the guy who called the police and said hey maybe we can work on this i'm paraphrasing
1: a lot let's be friends um yeah no i'm, I'm thankful let's just be thankful and it doesn't matter who it is doesn't matter You know what happened the best. I'm just thankful that somebody pushed back.
0: There we go. Let's talk about insurance. So as we talked about earlier in the show, Alberta, we are number one in the country for most expensive insurance. And it's entirely because of the UCP policies. They took a victory lap this week where they said, hey, you know what? We're putting a pause on not approving higher rates for a little bit. We had a bunch already, so some of you are still screwed. What's uh what's the PR spin on this one, Sarah Biggs? How'd they do?
1: Poor. It's just like their credit ratings, just not that great yet. Um you know for me as a person it's really difficult to comment on the insurance situation because <laughs> we get preferred rates for some professional body you got the inside track no no no, i don't it's just because you know my you know things um but
0: did you call the chief of police
1: no i don't do that i don't even know who it is i don't even know the non-emergency life phone number um so but it's too little, too late i would have tried to Do a majoration of the market and try to, you know, put a cap and be like, you can. Like my husband said earlier, because we're watching you from the living room. My husband was saying that no 18-year-old male should be left alone behind a wheel. (laughs) Um, And he was paying $3,500 when he started driving. So that was probably, um, yeah, my, my husband just. Send me a text, and yes, we do get special rates through a peg. <laughs> so, he, there we go. He text checks me, but no, so you know, he was paying $3,500 back in the days, so and that was probably 2003 2004. My insurance when I started driving in Quebec was $700 a year for a brand new Cavalier. Um, you what know, what kind of cavalier there, did you have? Um, the 2000 Cavalier brick red
0: four doors oh the four doors see i always had a weakness for the two-door coupes like the Z. I i think there's Z 24s there's just something straight up 80s 90s about those cars that i just I don't know my
1: dad would have never <laughs> <got this laughs> card. never um but no so you know it's too long too late it's extremely performative we're probably going to see a big push from the companies before they cap it um it's just not great. It's again, it's not our policy that it's extremely performative and doesn't really make a difference at the end of the day. <sighs> why? 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 It's not like if they lost a lot of money. It's not like they're not making any money, but the market needs to be regulated. Like there's a thing in Quebec. It's called the SAAQ. so it's called it's the automotive auto insurance it's a provincial program so when you pay for your driver's license i think it's 285 dollars a year or every two years i don't know i've been away for so long and then you gotta pay like it's like 300 a year for your plates yeah imagine Actually. that but it keeps your car insurance extremely low i think my mother pays less than 400 dollars a year right now for her honda fit um you know there's also a choice on how we want to regulate the uh driver automobile industry at the end of the day we want to keep costs low um you know driver's license what 81 bucks or 85 bucks for f- five years four years five years i don't know um maybe if we would have you know a program like that where the population would contribute more, more. It's an extra insurance. If you get injured, you get compensation and there's a whole thing around it, right? It does relieve some of the stress on the insurance uh, industry. But again, as a society, it's a choice. They had to binge like that? Absolutely not. It's totally ridiculous. But um, was there a lack of oversight from the government? 100%. Uh, but I would argue that there was also a lack of government uh, back in 2000, 2017, 2018, when the rates kind of went in the poop and they tried to renegotiate the agreements, the electricity rates. So, you know, we're, we're having a lot of problems with regulated, unre- unregulated markets. Um, and, you know, for we want as little government intervention as possible. But at some point, we want it to happen. corporations
0: are gonna corporation like you can't be surprised when a corporation's like wait we can make more money well we shouldn't do that of course they're gonna try to make more money
1: Shareholder, bottom line pocketbook but absolutely Alberta's pocketbooks are hurting right now and i think something more should be done
0: do you want to do another do you want to do another kind of serious one or do you want to do a fun one fun one okay um I can't even get into it, Sir Biggs. Did you catch the show opener? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's let's talk let's talk about messaging. Let's talk about delivery of 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 messaging. Um, You know, here's the question that I want to ask you. I don't know if I'm going to ask it right. Here's the question. Do you think that Alberta should have more than two political parties? You know what? I don't think I nailed the tone on that one. Alberta need a third political party. It depends on whether or not you're happy with your current choices. What do you think, sir? Does Alberta need a third political party?
1: (laughs) Yes, we do. But not that way. We... Uh, and I feel bad bashing on the Alberta party. You know, they're trying, they're trying to get their space, they're, you know, they're they're trying new things. They're I don't know. Um this is this is just just straight up no no. Then the first time I saw it, I was like, What and then you send me a text and you were like the and I was like, oh my god. Um it's not something that I would have personally done. Um, but, you know, we, we got to remember that the Alberta parties, you know, it's, it's considered like a baby party, right? They have limited resources. They don't have the big war chest that the NDP has. They, they've the been, has.
0: technically, they've been around longer than the UCP. <laughs> I'm laughing.
1: The they kind of revived from their ashes in 2019. But um, <laughs> it's, it, it's not great. I really feel bad, you know, if the NDP would have done that or the UCP, I would have bashed them for a thousand years. Like what the fuck guys, (laughs) they wake up like, (laughs) but because it's the Alberta party and, you know, they're really trying to create their own space and they're trying to, I'm not going to give them a pass. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not just going to be as harsh, but um, the messaging. Mm
0: -mm. So here's, Here's the the piece that I want to want to want to want to get you to play with. I mean, I think I told you there's there's some jokes that I'm not going to make on the show, but I made some some jokes with you because I was like, oh my god, this is too easy. But here's here's the piece that I'm I'm curious about. So, the Alberta Party posted the very bad video, and I still would <laughs> love to know like how that happened. <laughs> Just but they posted the video. They had no involvement. A bunch, of, a bunch of people were like, hey, that's a literal fake supporter. That's uh mm-hmm. that's 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 a little literal not real thing. Um why would you do that? They deleted it. And then Dave Cornier got to the he got to the, the ball first and he he did a little tweet about hey, so this was a thing. And then there was this like uh, a little, little tête-à-tête, let's say.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: used the French for you there.
1: Tête-à-tête.
0: Um, I know, right? Uh, and it turned into this. Uh, we're going to repost the uh-huh. video for for transparency. And I mean, I, I mean, I'll give them. I'll give them this. Um, they own
1: their mistake. they they. They,
0: they... they own their mistake. We're talking about it. So they're they're getting some, and there were a lot of people who were talking I about. I think it. they
1: did something on city TV this week too, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't see it. It. I'm gonna did they, it. I'm not gonna mean, I think it. so. It
0: was it was just so rich, though. But um, the <laughs> let's say the Alberta Party calls you, and they mm. say, "Sarah, somehow <clears throat> this thing made it through our rigorous." Social media vetting process, um, and it got posted. People are starting to 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 make some jokes. What do you, what do you tell them to do? Keep it up, delete it, make fun of Dave Fournier.
1: Keep it up, have fun about it, admit you messed up, but not necessarily the way they did.
0: What would you do differently? That's that's the piece that I'm kind of curious about because it was. I mean, in fairness, you're right. The Alberta Party is a smaller party. Their fundraising numbers haven't been stellar. Um, mm-hmm. They they are working with a lot of volunteers. um I don't know how many paid staff, if any, they have on right now. So uh, they're doing the best they can with what they have. Yeah. But what would you? What would you other than? You know, they had to pay for it. That's the thing that slays me. I was able to do the, the video. I didn't even look. I was just like, I had the idea of, wait, can we do a show opener with this? And they provided the, the it, I think it's like 500 uh, letters they'll give you for free. And it's got the branding, but I love them. I didn't even know I got Michael Scott out of that deal. I don't know how the copyright works on that, but um, it's, uh, um. what do you, what do you say? This thing's out in the ether. What do you tell them to do differently?
1: Own your mistakes. Hold on, the hamster is spinning right now. At the end of the day, you got to own your mistake. Um, Should have you gotten your leader to do a video after that, you know, to show real people. Um, Probably on um, an issue that is extremely important right now. You know, the debate about uh, one, two, three parties right now. You know, the, the province is so polarized it's almost black and white at the moment right now. Um, I would have tried to maybe be a little bit more aggressive on our current issue and try to go back and make it that the thing is that sometimes you almost get a home that people will forget. So you own your mistake, you apologize, you know what, you know what, guys, we tried something but our bad, we messed up, Right. And, you know, let's just have a good laugh and let's move on. Then you get out with a very, very strong message trying to put behind that boo-boo. Let's put it that way. Because sometimes, you know, know, when we're talking about Jason, like throwing squirrels, right? Let's throw another squirrel. Let's take the attention of it. Don't double down. Just let it go. That's what I would have said. Done. Do you think
0: there was, I mean, we have somebody in the comments here saying, keep it up and produce another one where the AI person talks to the public and describes their motives and their platform and run with it. Do you think that there's almost like a, a, a self satire piece that that almost needs to happen there? No, let it go.
1: They need to let it go. They out to let it go. Like they are sitting. Well, OK, the main street poll from this weekend came out with 649 respondents. Y'all, that's 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 a good sample, right? <laughs> um, they're at six percent, uh, but I don't think it correctly represents, like I would say, Calgary elbow, or you know, other areas that we might have, uh, we might see candidates there. But um, kill it, just bury it with other content. Bury it way down the score line. They need to move on. They need to let it go and um that's it man like uh, the stakes are too high these days and you know we really need to when everything is going on right now that's the thing there's so so I was thinking about it this week because you know I was having some meetings and it's like you know what it's so hard to be able to focus on one issue right now so hard because there's always something happening um mm-hmm. It's it's unfortunate it happened. It is campaigns made mistakes. Heck, I made mistakes in the past, but just bury it with very very solid good creative relevant content. Like don't talk about why you should be the third option. Talk about what's going on. We have uh, rural hospitals are just like non-existent. Good luck if you're trying to give birth this week. I'm so sorry, ladies. Like I really feel for them. Then you have the school system is just like burning down the flames and you have like upsetism starting to go back up. You have uh, well, the minister's troubles with the law society. Um, Emails, her emails, you know, there's a lot of coming to that next. Um, There's Ezra that just jumped in like a little good scout and just decided to go do the good deed and help the Lord. Um, There's too much going on right now, but hit with real solid and take positions it's like we're seeing the ndp right now we they take positions but it's not really positions. it's kind of vague right like oh go to our website if you want to know more no no the ndp needs to stop doing that we were talking about that a while ago and they're acting like they're in a position funny enough even scrimshaw wrote a whole piece about it yesterday
0: boy did he
1: i was like why huh. did he uh and a lot of us have been saying that for a long time like evans will uh, uh, all your respect to evans crimshaw like a lot of us have been saying that for a long time but the echo chambers needs to be busted and everybody needs to focus on what really matters because right now i'm seeing pictures of you know take back alberta events across the province and the rooms are full so it's either you start fighting or you tried convincing people that, you know, well, maybe a third party would be nice when we're 40 days away from the election.
0: What's striking to me is that like one of the things that came up, because we 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 shared the, the Evan Scrimshaw piece um, with the, the F-bomb included because we were thinking of you um, and the uh-huh. the the reaction was fascinating because there were there was a healthy number of people who said, hey, I'm an NDP supporter and I think our policies are great. We have a website. I read it as an NDP supporter and we have the stuff. So like, I don't know what you guys are upset about, but here's the thing. And this is what I I want you to tell me if I'm wrong, please. If you're an NDP supporter, you're already an NDP supporter and the people who need to be reached with the things that aren't being reached with the things are the people who haven't decided yet, or the people who might be on the fence?
1: So there's a lot of—I would say there's about twenty-five percent undecided in the province right now. There's a lot of politically homeless people. Those, all those votes, even like there's some use, even more. We might go to up to thirty, thirty-five percent undecided, right? Because um, it's a deadlock, fifty-fifty right now, and there's some seats in the middle up for grabs and quite a bit. I can't really talk about the details, but. Um, So we need to remember that the average voter starts paying attention to an election about 14 to 12 days before election day. That's number one. Number two, we're so busy that very strong emotional messages that will resonate with the electorate. And they're like, if Daniel Smith says, you know what, guys, we're going to be increasing, you know, we're going to be increasing... um, I don't know, nurse, school nurse, uh, nursing school spaces by 300%. That is going to resonate with people. Stop saying you're going to fix healthcare. How are you going to fix it? 90% of the people, 90% of the electorate are a, too busy to go look at a website, Alberta, whatever their website is. And same thing for the UCP. People are too busy. We are an era of political junk food. So we need to bring very quick, succinct, clear messaging. Okay, you're saying you're going to be fixing healthcare. How are you going to fix it? I, Rachel Notley, as a premier, will be increasing spaces in nursing schools by 300%. Perfect. Or I, Rachel Notley, will subsidize, I don't know, uh, medicine and whatever, healthcare sciences, by 75% university so people can afford to go to school. That's an affordability measure, right? Uh, TM on that one because if somebody uses it, I'm going to send them a bill. We're on the record now because I've seen a lot of my stuff this week on paper and it kind of stings a little bit. Anyways, so we need... And that's why the echo chambers sometimes are so, so, so toxic. And I'm always going back to the echo chamber because everybody in your party are going to be like, yeah, good job, good job, good job. We're all rooting for the same person. We're already supporters. We're already, you don't need to pump your own brakes. You need to get out there and try to grow your base.
0: You got to reach people, the, the people that you don't already people. have.
1: But it's like, I strongly believe in local solutions for local problems. Adapt your messaging by different regions because somebody in Cardston will not react the same way as somebody in Calgary varsity. And that's something that, um, that's something that the parties are having. Yeah, you know, we're gonna give it to a few nomination contests in the province right now. They're really, really, really local and they, they know how to, you know, reach out Jesus guns and baby stuff. Anti and you know, um, and that's fine. If it floats your boat, go for it, fill your boots with it. But we tend to forget about the general electorate. Like, I'm not involved right now in the campaign. Shocking. I'm totally out. I'm doing other stuff. Um, I'm busy. I have two kids. I'm behind laundry <laughs> for about two weeks. Um, I managed to clean my kitchen this weekend. My husband decided to make sausage from scratch. So, you know, that's where we're at. I have a raging toddler and a moody teenager. We're all busy. Schools, School buses are not working. I'm still driving my daughter to school every morning. I need to pick her up. That takes away a huge chunk of my work day. So I need to catch up later. Uh, when I'm on the road, everything's more complicated because our kid cannot take the bus. Talk to the issues that people care about. Stop saying that you're going to be fixing something What else? saying how. Like... The parties need to fucking wake up at some point. Like right now, we have Stephen Dreschen walk in the woods with an orange hoodie saying, oh, just transition bad. And like a few hours later, we have the premier releasing that beautiful letter that I'm sure if we send a bill to the premier's office, I'm sure we would get some money back because boy, oh boy, Nate, it looks a lot like what we've been raving about for a few weeks and takes a totally different position. So the right hand is not talking to the left hand and both hands are not talking to the brain. And that is going to hurt someone at some point. There is no coherent messaging. There's no continuative messaging. There's no, um, you know, we're not trying to expand the base. We're not trying to appeal to new voters. We're just like, focus, we're going to be saving your job. I have a public health care with me, friends. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But what are you going to do for me? Get two hundred danny bucks. How will you do it for me? Oh, the danny bucks. Like, if I would have been like in there, if you know, my candidate would have won, I would have cut a check to everybody for five hundred dollars, and it would have been much, much, much cheaper than everything they're doing right now, and people wouldn't have to pay back the salary on the electricity rates. Right? Just saying.
0: Here's I, I got you, you brought it up, so I'm gonna ask. Yeah. How did I mean it's not as 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 on the nose as the the AI avatar for the Alberta Party? But the Devin Dreeshan wearing an orange jacket with the, the triple vision version of him. I just felt like do we make a shields up joke? Do we not? I don't know where we land on this one. It was a, it was a very, very odd choice. It felt like punching down, so we didn't do it. But it was, it was, it's another one where like, how did nobody think about what's going to happen next? I
1: don't know. Yeah. Everything's so complicated right now, Nate. Like, it's, it's true. We need to. The parties need to be able to find the green zone. Uh, the gray, not the green zone, the gray zone. Um, there needs to be a collective. How about we probably I'm missing the mark here. Um, we need to find someone who's going to put Alberta first and is going to move Alberta forward.
0: I hate that Alberta first line. I hate that.
1: I know, but it has to be though. All burdens come first. Ideology I think in a, in comes a, in a provincial
0: election, know. that should kind of be a given, though.
1: But it's not anymore. Mm-hmm. That's the thing because the I- ideology is so strong now. The ideal, the ideology is just—it has taken precedence on good sense. They're dead set in their ways. They won't do anything different. They, some of them think that the campaign they ran for years ago was the best campaign they've ever ran. You know, not great. Um, but we need to reevaluate our priorities. And we need to decide what is important for the province, for us, for the regions, for our kids. Like, enough with that fucking ideology bone crap. And by the way, we got our freedoms back like a long time ago.
0: It's true. I don't know if this is a real question uh, or not, but somebody in the I'm comments not you don't, you're not allowed to look. Um, somebody in the comments asked, what are you drinking? I don't know if that's like a, a serious question, but it is, uh, it's, it's lemon lime crystal light for me.
1: I drink bubbly and it's not open yet. By the way, I don't drink, but thank you very much.
0: I, I don't, I, I drink lemon lime crystal light. And Diet Dr. Pepper. But I don't drink the Diet Dr. Peppers during the show because it makes me burpy and nobody wants to hear that. Oh, um, I,
1: I found some uh, Coke Zero cherry.
0: Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. I'd, I, I'd still get burpy, though. No, um,
1: I don't smoke anything. I don't, you know, nothing. I'm just totally sober. I'm just tired of everything.
0: I want... I got one more thing I want to hit on because it was incredibly impactful for me. Um, The article that Dr. Shazma Mithani wrote in regards Mm -hmm. to the, the moral injury and the burnout. Um, Where's the, where's the messaging on that? If you're if you are one of the political parties, if you're the NDP and you're going to trot out Rachel Motley, if you're uh, the 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 UCP, you're going to trot out uh, Jason Copping. If you're the Alberta Party and you've got another 20 bucks to spend on an AI avatar, what's the messaging that you're going to put out to to address? Because Dr. Matheny is very clear. There's no easy fixes. There's no no, there's no simple. (laughs) Uh, approaches that are going to work How do you say to to voters Especially voters who are healthcare workers Hey You guys are super screwed You've been that way for a while We know it, you know it Here's what we're going to do What does that plan look like do you think?
1: That's a whole lot of policy And math and calculations to be done So I'm going to TM this here I don't know um, like, well, They did a step forward Again uh, the government has a Storytelling problem, right? Like they did some really good things this week, but the bad stuff overtook the bad stuff is like a big fat gray clown is spewing...
0: what good uh, things did they do? Before you before you go on, what give me one good thing they did? Because like I look at the I look at the, the Chandra hearings, I look at the insurance rates, and it's like, hey, we broke the dish, but we swept it up ourselves.
1: Damn. And the announcement for doctors in rural um, training centers and different like in leveragements and all that. That was a good thing.
0: I totally um, forget about that.
1: See, that's why I'm here. Um, so, you know, we need to so I got a question for you. Maybe someone could because I'm just thinking I'm putting my policy hat on here. How many physician assistants do we have in the province? I have no idea. That could be something we could explore, right? Physician assistance could relieve some of the pressure on the system, uh, increase the, you know, mm-hmm. increase the, I don't know, increase the uh, prescription capabilities from pharmacists, because very often they are the best. So the doctor is, you know, trained to diagnose, but the best person to prescribe is the pharmacist, right? But, you know, for... you I know, I think
0: there's it, a lot of room for like pharmacists for like...
1: <sighs> I think there is if it's a I recurrent
0: think- prescription. I don't understand why it is like if, if you're taking a chronic medication and it's yeah. going to be a medication that you're on persistently for a chronic condition, to me, that should just be like a uh, everything the same. Yep. Okay. Well then here you go. Like I don't, it, to me that there is some opportunity there to take some load off of the primary care network by saying, Hey, if it's if it's really obvious that this is like a thing that a person has been using for a long time, because they could pull up your medication history.
1: Yeah. They're all on net care, right? There's that th- call thing called net care that everybody integrated. And I think that the pharmacists sometimes would be best to like, for an example, let's say a doctor is prescribing something for an UTI, but the med- the medication would create an interaction, let's say with uh, antidepressants or, you know, a diuretic you're going, you're dealing with, or, you know, a whole bunch of medicine. I think that for um, diabetes management, because practitioner nurses can do diabetes management and all that. But I think that we need to go back to that local social, local problems, primary care networks to really, really try to, because when you go in the hospital, it's not for a routine exam, before, when you we were in the hospital, it's because you were fucking sick. And now a lot of people, like we saw last winter, uh, increase, God, mental health, mental health, sexual assaults. We have Thank money. You. Do something, God damn it. Like, we need to increase funding. Like, no, tomorrow, like, there's a 6 months wait list to see um, healthcare specialists in, Cal- in Calgary. I don't even want to see what it looks like in, you know, I don't know, Fort McMurray because they don't even have a fully functioning hospital right now. But, you know, we need to invest where uh, it could take. Like I was talking to a psychiatrist one day and she was saying, you know, very often when she's going to do her rotation at Emerge, she's going to have 17 people in rooms. She's going to have to discharge them all. But they're taking a lot of space in emergency rooms because they need to be assessed. And there's no psychiatrist. There is not enough psychiatrists. And, you know, let's sit down with practitioners. Let's sit down with the UNA. Let's sit down with HSAA, Let's sit down with the AMA and really involve the specialists. Listen to the experts. There's no magic solution for any problems right now. But, you know, I'm just saying, you know, increasing quality of ventilation schools would be one of them that, that could help. Um but at the end of the day, use the tools in the box that you have been refusing to use for the past four years. Open your eyes, um, you know, increase the spaces of LPNs, increase the spaces. An LPN can be trained in, what, 18 months?
0: Something like that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, if you increase the space and you increase funding, I think the LPN course is like fifteen dollars to 17000 dollars or something. And it's not everybody that can afford that, let's be honest. But if we bring a subsidized, we could see some relief on healthcare workers like in 18 months. But why do we always stuck to now we're gonna do it this way? And you know, the doctors will stay no matter what we do. Guess what? They won't. Because they've had enough. You know, I say, Dr. Mark Lynn on Twitter. I see all those good doctors the, doing the best as they can to save everybody, but they can't. But what is going to be the, what is going to be the final, really the breaking point? What is going to be the breaking point? And I'm worried that we have not reached it yet. And it's going to be much, much, much worse. Um, you know, it's one thing to expand capacity, like Steve Bullock loves talking about. We need to expand capacity. How you can barely fill your brand new cancer center with nurses because everybody's so burned out. Because you know a lot of people put put you know they delayed being diagnosed for healthcare issues that they thought it was benign, and now it's a cancer, or their cancer got worse, or their cancer surgery got canceled. Or you know, there's a lot of issues ongoing. Why don't we try to go back to primary care? Like, fun fact, my family doctor usually, when I was calling to get an appointment, I could see him the same day. Now it's three weeks down the line. What does that tell you? The system is strained.
0: <sighs> You're not wrong. I got to throw a quick little correction into the mix here uh, just because we, we got we got sent an article. Uh, to be clear. Ezra Levant was not technically disbarred.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Ezra. My bad.
0: So he was. Uh, he had multiple complaints against him with the the law society, and instead of doing the hearings, he resigned.
1: Oh, okay. Well, it was on its way. Okay. Well, I don't feel as bad. I'm sorry. Technicality.
0: Well, we're pissing not off like... the right wing right wing media this week in a in a big way. So um, I'm you, sorry. You, no no, I just I I know what's coming later on in the week.
1: <laughs> I know too. I exactly. Can't worry.
0: It's it's going to be oh, oh fun. what a what an endless it's just it's I'm glad I'm glad that we're doing it in a way that's that's lighthearted and that's uh that's that's fun because if we didn't have the jokes for what we're going to be talking about later on in this week, it's just miserable.
1: <laughs> yeah, like this this afternoon, I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to go rest a little bit. And in my head, I was like, does anyone sensing the same sense of dread that I've been feeling for a few weeks now? Because it's not fun. Like... Is, is anybody worried as much as I am? Like, I well, See, that's to... why I, I appreciate the,
0: what the Alberta party did for us tonight. I even saw in the comments earlier tonight, there was like, you guys are really like Cavalier tonight. And it's like, when you start with AI avatars speaking for political party, that's the show you get to have some fun with. It's you not just to be fun, angry, I, angry, ranty stuff.
1: You know, you got to take care of your mental health once in a while. Mental health matters. As we walk into that great, uh, let's talk. Bill, let's talk. What is it? I don't know. So here is here's, here's what I
0: am going to throw out to the comments right now because yeah. we got some people in the Twitter Spaces, we got some people on the the YouTube's and the Facebooks who are leaving comments. Should we tip the hat? Should we say who we're talking about this week? No. Well, no. Let's see what the comments say. I am going to let the, 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 the democracy of comments. If you want to know which media organization. We're uh we're we're doing a deep dive on um on Wednesday for our Patreon sponsors and on Friday for everybody else. leave a little little comment in the thing. Like and subscribe, as the kids say. Uh <laughs> because maybe um oh the moderator's weighing in here.
1: <laughs> what we have a moderator?
0: We do have a moderator.
1: Oh I didn't know
0: yeah, yeah. Jason uh, Jason on the drums thinks he's already figured it out. We got a lot of people saying yes. So Jason
1: is smart, though. He
0: he is smart, and I did post a because the 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 finalized version of the script is what I spent all day yesterday and a little bit of today working on, and it was over. I think did I give you the final number? It's like four thousand six hundred words. It is. It's an essay.
1: And Lynn. <gasps>
0: Lynn. Lynn. Lynn, Lynn, Lynn. You
1: just want a free sticker.
0: Free sticker for Lynn. Yep. Yeah. If you want to know the fascinating, it's nuts, y'all. It's absolutely nuts. When I started, so here's the story. I'll, I'll do the little preamble and then uh, I'll, we'll give Sarah any last words if she wants them. Here's the story. When the UCP leadership race started up, I started noticing that, there was a particular media outlet cough, true North cough that had like unlimited access to Smith. They could get comment from her. They could get interviews from her on an almost weekly, if not daily basis. And I was deeply curious. What's the story here? And I, I already, I have been for quite a while, a little bit frustrated with their particular brand of punditry. Um, and so I wanted to take a, a little bit of a look. And initially it was just going to be like a little thing. And then it turned into a, what holy hell is this? Because I, when you start to go down, like Sarah has been getting text messages for me for the last week or so, where I've been like, wait, is this real? Like, am I reading this wrong?
1: No, 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 you're not. No, you're it's not. It's
0: frigging insane.
1: I had to deal with them for a whole summer.
0: It's absolutely Insane, how um, messed up, how complicated, how uh, politically incestuous. I'll say, Oof. the uh, the the whole thing is it's nuts. And we like I we, like I said earlier, we do a we do our first field piece in a while. We had a boatload of fun uh, filming it. Um, there were some, you know, I gotta, I gotta give a shout out here because with the anniversary of the, the, the insurrection and the occupation at Coots and uh, Ottawa truckers have been getting a bad rap, but when we were filming, there was a big construction truck that was, was set up and, uh, they were, they were like, are you guys doing a thing? And we're like, yeah, we're doing a thing. And they're like, well, here, let's turn the engine off. You guys could, we're taking up a whole lane here. Anyways, do you want to shoot here? They were absolutely amazing. So. There's Um, people everywhere.
1: We're we're just there are there are good people everywhere. The the loud people are the minority of goobers who have been given a microphone. Sorry, I said goobers again. I can't help myself. But oh, can we talk about the tent on Parliament Hill with the Sarah Ram? Let's end with that because that was okay. So um my mother lives in Gatineau My stepfather was um a law enforcement officer in charge of um operations on Parliament Hill and security of uh you know important people let's put it that way and then I I sent them um the tweet about because I was telling my mom I was like mom you won't believe this and she was like what what send it to me and then my my stepdad just couldn't stop laughing was like oh my god what is this and you know You you could see them wrap the sarin wrap around the tent, like if it's going to make a dent. And there's really, really, really bad weather in Ottawa right now. They've been getting a lot of snow. So, um, and my mother wanted to say to everyone that, you know, where I'm from is not necessarily where this is happening right now. So um, (laughs) my mom was like, (laughs) but no, it's just, uh, 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 you know, it's all about matter of perspective, Right. So that group thinks that they had the biggest showing. Oh, and uh, props to uh, Arnold Beerson. What's his name? The the dude with a goatee that is an MP in up north. Beerson? Yep. For making a Facebook Live for about 30 seconds before he realized he up. Um, But, you know, um, I'm glad that I've seen, I'm glad to see that there's a lot of temper. But again, they, they think that it's outrageous because they took precautions for this weekend. Like, uh, a lot of the, 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 the goober media, and the G-media, and let's call them the G-media. Um, they're outraged because, you know, trucks are getting towed Not that. Dude, you are right in the middle of Wellington. They're going to take you out. They're not going to be put out your, with your shit and risk it for another six weeks. They are done. They went through hell. But again, love thy neighbor. is not necessarily their forte. It's only by convenience. Oh, and can we talk about the the outbreak um, in southern Alberta? Whooping cough. Well,
0: before we do, kids ex- oh, oh. I just want to for for anybody who isn't on the Twitter machine. Here's the. This is what I was frantically working on in the corner over here. Here's the oh. the, the the Saran wrap shelter that was put together by the, the 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 folks down in Ottawa today. This is a tweet from Luke LeBrun, yeah. who does uh, press progress. Who, Le by Baron. the way, we I'm an Anglophone. No. Don't hate me. Facing a heavy mm-hmm. snowfall on Parliament Hill, Freedom Convoy, Reunion, Organizers building themselves a makeshift shelter out of Saran Wrap. Because... So, uh,
1: was the Saran Wrap BPA free? Because, you know, I'm worried well, about like, their health.
0: Here's, here's my thing. Have you never canada before? Like... <laughs> I mean we do this. This is it's kind of what you we're famous what? for up here. And I would also note Ottawa is uh it's it's significantly more southernly. Than- and it's so
1: fucking windy. Okay, so here. For people I've never been, who have I'm never been who have never lived in dead of winter in Ottawa or Montreal next to a body of water. Here's the thing. It is When it's minus 10, it's minus 25. It is really, really, really cold. And it gets to your bones. Like, I'll take a minus 30 here before a minus 15 in Montreal. It kills me. I hate it. I never go to Montreal in winter. You will never see me. But on Parliament Hill, it's always extremely windy because they are at the top of a big cliff overlooking the Ottawa River. Then on the other side, it's Quebec, right? But it is extremely, when it winds, it is extremely windy because you have Parliament Hill, you have the West, Center Block, West Block and East Block. And then across, you have two streets going. So you have um, the PMO. And then on the other side, it does a Y. And then on the other side, you have the new Senate at the old Central Station. So it kind of creates a corridor of wind that just, Blast you, it chills you to the bone. So you know, people trying to make a shelter with a summer, summer shade and like Saran wrap. I just see you really have to be this but I'm sorry, but are you even Canadian?
0: I just that's that's where I go. Like, have you not canada before? That's where
1: the jokes write themselves. Uh, the jokes write but themselves. But they right? they put
0: an American flag up on oh. in front of of Parliament Hill today, and it's like I don't even know what y'all are doing anymore.
1: Yo, if you want to be in America, go to America. Nobody's holding you back here. God, we'll, we'll sponsor your visa. We'll, we'll make you a farewell party. Just go. You're free. Nobody's holding you back in this country. Why aren't you getting to America, though? Wait. Privatized healthcare. care? Um, police violence? is like gun violence. It's just through the roof. Um, so, you know, please tell me how much you hate Canada after all this. Just saying.
0: Right. Any final thoughts, Sarah Biggs?
1: No, yeah, I'm hoping you looking for uh, no, this one. I'm not gonna say it. I'm I really I really mm-hmm. hope I'm gonna get it. I I need I need quiet, right? There's a few things in the word, a few things I'm working with in the world, how, background, but I need a quiet week. But you know, how did the you work way, in healthcare
0: and think that word is okay to say out loud? How did you I we don't say that word we don't say it you've done it again now we're screwed for wednesday thank you very much i look forward to see what flaming object falls out of the sky on the province because you had to go and say the word not once but twice
1: can i tell you the the story of my first night in healthcare
0: did you say the word
1: uh, at the emergency department so i was on call what Care.
0: Did you say the word?
1: No. Okay. No. So I walked in. I was like, sweet. Like, I'm 17. I'm cool. I'm one of the youngest. I'm full of energy. I'm like, sweet. The head nurse looks at me. She's like, Sarah, welcome to the night shift. And she gave me five body bags. <laughs> See you in a few hours. That was my first night in the emergency department, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. It's always so glamorous, but with my friends today, we're trying to determine what kind of a, you know, there was a plural effusion on a, on Twitter and we're trying to diagnose it. I think it's TB, but I'll send it to you. Let me know what you think. I'm geeking out. It's lymphocytic plural effusion. So I'm thinking TB, but it could be cancer too. Who knows? Anyways, guys.
0: Yeah. That's a turn. I, I, you, should, you should check out the app figure one. I'm just saying, I don't leave it at that. Um, what are you looking
1: for nate what you know what i
0: am i'm finishing the next two days are putting the finishing touches on the editing of the the true north episode um i am it's i'm so excited for this one because it's we had so much fun with it and
1: we were looking we've been looking a lot of things and back and forth and financial.
0: Oh it's nuts it's nuts and I'm really hoping I feel I feel good about the odds that we're going to be able to present it in a way that it's going to be accessible for people um but man we throw some shades uh in some some very big ways and there's some uh some some big names that uh that get uh mentioned um
1: If you
0: way if you're trying to call myself on this way I won't be available There we go <laughs> Uh, well yeah I'm not gonna make that joke right now. Um, but no that's 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 my whole thing is, is I'm I'm gonna be focused on getting that thing done and out to our patreon supporters on Wednesday um, and then it'll be going public on Friday uh, for everybody else and I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a boatload of fun um, And that's really that's I'm you know I hear that the premier's on vacay she is. Uh, I don't know how I don't know how long she's gone yeah. for. Um, Two weeks, God willing, the things will will slow a little bit. I didn't use the word. Um,
1: I'm tired. I'm really tired. Like I haven't been that exhausted since I finished the campaign. I can't keep up. It's always constantly on the phone trying to.
0: Somebody asked me to do this and I have it preloaded. So I'm gonna do the the plug right now. Um, I gotta go away. <laughs> Bye. Um for anybody who is interested in helping us produce the kind of content that we do here at the breakdown, you can help us do that by signing up to be one of our Patreon supporters at www.patreon.com slash the AB, where for the price of just a fancy cup fancy cup of coffee a month, um you can help us continue to produce the kind of content that we do plus you get the warm fuzzy feeling of knowing that uh you're you're supporting a a little program that frustrates a lot of people who are in the quarters of power so that's also fun and rewarding too um and always want to say a big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, but also want to say, like, one of the things that that we really appreciate is we know that there are a lot of folks who listen to the show who simply don't have the financial means to support uh, the Patreon stuffs. That's totally cool. We will always make sure that all of the content that we produce is available, not behind a paywall eventually. We give the early previews to our Patreon supporters, but we always make sure that all of the content is available for everyone on all of the platforms, uh, because it's all about having the conversations, and paywalling that stuff just isn't in our particular ethos so um if you're not in a position where you're able to get access to the patreon stuff then you know liking subscribing sharing the things uh leaving the positive reviews all of those stuff help us to work our way up through the algorithms to to get the show in front of or into the ears of more people so if you're able to do that that would be absolutely amazing um Thank you to everybody for listening tonight. Thank you for all of the, the chat was super active. Um, uh, And that's really, really great to see. I still don't know whether or not the drinking question was real or not. It's just lemon lime crystal light. Um, Thank you to everybody who was listening on the Twitter spaces as well. One of these days we're going to get somebody. (laughs) You don't know how much trouble I went to, to make the, Friggin audio work on the Twitter Twitter Spaces, and now that it finally does, nobody wants to say anything. I know that Elon ruined Twitter and everything, but Wednesday, if you got some thoughts, we'd love to hear them. All of that being said, thank you so much, everybody. Looking forward to doing this all again on Wednesday night, and keep an eye out for our uh, our very special piece on True North. In the meantime, take care of yourselves. And as always, keep the conversation going.